0: So um, when I was, uh, before we had children, uh, Lisa and I moved from uh, Lomita, California to Lakewood, California, but we still worked in San Pedro. And so we'd commute from Lakewood and we'd take the 91 into San Pedro and Lisa taught uh, high school at uh, English at Torrance High School and so some, some days we'd carpool together and it was right about the time they opened up the uh, 105 freeway. So the 91 was wide open. And so we, we, it was awesome. It took so much pressure off the 91. Well, m- month after month, you know how things go. It just starts getting more and more congested. And so we kind of got used to leaving at uh, a certain time. And one day uh, we left and there was traffic. A lot of traffic. And I hate being late. I can't stand it. I don't like being late to meetings. I don't like being late to anything. I like being on time. And so um, we're there, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you're in traffic. It's all packed, and then the carpool lane's right next to you, and like the cars go by so fast, your car kind of rocks a little bit. Have you ever gotten that? And so you have two people in the car. And so you look up, at least I do, to see where that white sign is that says, hey, you can, you can go in now. And I was looking, and it was nowhere to be found. And we we're wasting all sorts of time. And kids, I know you're going to be getting your licenses soon. Don't listen to this story. But <clears throat> So I'm like, I, I got it. This is ridiculous. I've got two people in the car. And there's the carpool lane right next to me. Surely I can go in there. I mean, why do I have to wait for the dotted white line? So I said, honey, I'm going in the carpool lane. So she turns around. I said, I said look for a cop, okay? <laughs> I'll take care of the cars zipping by. You look for the fuzz, okay? So I'm there and she says to me, I think it was the words, all clear, okay? So I, I have tons of room. I gun it. I go in. And you know that? Oh, man. It's just all the pressure of the traffic just melts away. And, and you're just dri- flying along 40, 50, 65, because I always drive the speed limit, uh, 65. And you're just going, oh, you know, we start singing. win the sing, you know. And all of a sudden... You see it in your rear view mirror. Ah, oh, and all the stress that had melted away goes right back on. And I went, I just went, I'm getting a ticket. And he's just like, what are you talking about? Like, what does that mean? Like, I'm getting a ticket. And I look back and it was a motorcycle cop. And of course, what I do as the loving husband, I thought you said it was all clear, right? You know, can't you tell the difference between, you know. So we pull over, I explained it to the police officer, and, the, and, and, and it didn't do any good uh it it didn't do anything and that ticket the carpool ticket is like some odd number it's like 273 dollars which just makes it so annoying Uh, you know and so here's the deal the thing is i loved the carpool lane when i was in it i hated the carpool lane when i got my ticket same carpool lane last night lisa and i were driving to san diego to have dinner with her her uh family uh, i mean her friends from college and we had gotten into the carpool lane i loved it until the on off ramp that we were supposed to get on went by and i couldn't get out because let me tell you i never go over those lines anymore ever so here we go we drive all the way down i hated the carpool lane because it and here's the thing here's what i want us to get this morning because we're going to kind of unpack this in scripture we judge authority authority's benefit we judge authority's benefit on how it's benefiting us. I love authority. I love the carpool lane when everyone else has to stop and I get to just go right on through. Why? Because it's benefiting me. I hate the carpool lane when I'm just sitting there. And I argue about it. Like, I don't even know why they have a carpool lane. It can't be good for the environment. All these cars stopped and all their smoke going up in the air. If they'd opened it up, we'd all get home sooner. And wouldn't that save the planet? I hate the carpool lane when I'm not in the carpool lane. And let me tell you something. That is true with all of us. Is it not true with you? You love red lights when the other people have to stop and you can go right through on your green. But when it's switched around, you hate it. Right? Kids. When you're in school, you love it when, you're, when someone else gets in trouble for passing a note because it's like you shouldn't be passing notes in class. But if you have something you have to say, and if she only knew what you were saying, that I really like your shirt, and you pass it over. Of course, now it's all texting, so it doesn't make any difference anyway. Right? We love authority when it benefits us. We hate authority when it doesn't benefit us. And what as we kind of head into the Christmas season, I want to start to think about baby Jesus in a different way. I want us to think about him as king. For a year now, uh, Rebecca was telling us up here that I've been talking about the kingdom for years. For a whole year, we've been going through the book of Matthew. We've been talking about Jesus as a king. It was written by a Jew, for Jews, about a Jew. And it's all about the kingdom of God. And when we look at the birth of Jesus and baby Jesus, and he's so cute, and he's in swaddling clothes I don't even know what that means, but they're a diaper, essentially and and they're all there, and it's so cute, and the donkeys are there, and the sheep, and they're all looking at Jesus. It's so beautiful. But here's the thing Jesus came to rule his kingdom. And we love it when it benefits us, like he's my savior. I'm saved. This is fantastic. And we hate it when he says, I want you to stop doing that now. (laughs) I don't want you dating him, dating her. I don't want you watching that. I don't want you spending your money on that. Who is he to tell me? He's baby Jesus. What is going on? Right? We love it when it benefits us. Oh, take my yoke upon you, because my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Oh, he's the Prince of Peace. Oh, this is great. I get all these things from Jesus. It's like a, when you accept Jesus, it's like whipping into the carpool lane and off you go in life. Until Jesus says, "I want you out of the carpool lane. I want you to pull over," and it's like, "What? I'm in a rush, Jesus." So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. What I want to do is I want to start with a a prophecy actually in Isaiah that talks about Jesus hundreds of years before he came. It's Isaiah 9, 6. For a child will be born to us, we we see this uh, as a Christmas carol, a son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders. You go, now what does that mean? He is establishing his kingdom. And he is the king of that kingdom. Now, we love this part. Ah, His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Who doesn't want a Wonderful Counselor? Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. We love that. But the government will be upon his shoulders. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 6, it says this. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. It's basically saying... It's a prophecy about Judah, about Beth, Jesus being born in Bethlehem. For out of you shall come forth a what? Oh, come, okay. Will come forth a what? Oh, that's so awesome. It just, I feel like I have authority now and it makes me happy. Okay. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Jesus came yes as a baby yes to start the christmas season yes it's awesome i love baby jesus but he came as a ruler and this is where we find jesus in matthew chapter 28 okay essentially now see if you can kind of wrap your mind around this matthew chapter 28 we're getting to a section of scripture called the great commission and it's basically jesus he's he's leaving he's going to be zapped up into the air okay, in about 15 days. But these are his last, the, the, like some of the last words he says to his disciples before he gets zipped up, okay? They're very, very important words. It's the culmination of everything we've been studying in Matthew all year long. This last section, Matthew 28, we're at the end of the book. Four more weeks, we're done. We just knocked Matthew out of the park. We did it, Matthew, this is the last thing. This is it. Now, go back to Christmas because we missed Christmas in Matthew. We got rid of chapter uh, 1 and 2 because we we're coming back to it at Christmas time. Okay, come back to Christmas. Here's this little baby Jesus, the Son of God, born of a virgin, both God and man somehow, all wrapped up in this baby that at that point can only cry and do other stuff. Okay? That's all the baby can do, fully God, fully man. And now, fast forward, all the way to Matthew 28, and here's this man who died on the cross, and he's been resurrected, and these disciples have had all this time with Jesus, and what does he say to them? What's he going to say to them? He shows up. He tells them, listen, after my resurrection, I want you guys to show up on this mountain. I'm going to give you some instruction. So sure enough, they show up on this mountain. And what does Jesus say to the disciples? It's so important when we think about baby Jesus. He looks so cute. And there's you know Joseph who looks like any other husband just stupid just doesn't do anything right they're all sitting there in the nativity scene we fast forward all this to the final words and this is what jesus it's the first words out of jesus mouth when he talks to him this is what he says then jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me guess what We've been talking about the kingdom. We've been seeing how the kingdom impacts our lives. Jesus has now taken the throne. He's been raised from the dead. He's still there in his glorified body. And he, he, he can get into all the things he could do with his glorified body and all this kind of stuff. But before his ascension, here he is now. It's accomplished. It's finished. The kingdom has been established. And what Jesus says is all authority has been given to me. Jesus, listen, this is so important, Jesus is your king. You say, well, I ain't bound down to no Jesus. I don't even think I believe in Jesus. I don't even believe in God. Fine, wherever you are in that journey, whether you accept it or not, Jesus is your king. Now, we love, we love authority when it's benefiting us. I love him. I love the fact that he has all authority in heaven and earth. Ah, heal me, give me, save me. But don't tell me what to do. I don't know if you struggle with this like I do. That's what I've been thinking about all week long. We'll get to it at the end, because I just love the end. The end's awesome. Okay, so here's the thing. If, we gotta put ourselves in the mind of a disciple, okay? If you're a disciple, when Jesus comes up and he says, all authority has been given to me, how do we think of authority? We all agree we need authority, right? I mean, we, we have to have police officers, right? We, right? I mean, we have, we have to have traffic lights. We have to, we, we've all seen that we need authority. We need a government. I mean, we can say we want less government, more government, whatever, but we all need government. And we've all seen government or authority go really wrong, haven't we? Kids, do you, any one of you guys have a teacher where you're just like, how in the world did this person ever get a teaching job? Show of hands. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> awesome, right? Because you've seen authority go. How many of you have a, a teacher that you'd really dig? It's really cool. Okay, less hands, but okay, oh, that's good. That's right? Cuz we've seen authority go right, we've seen authority go wrong. I've seen I've seen the police officer that pulls me over, that's bad authority. And I've seen the police officer pull somebody else over, good authority, right? So so we we've seen it we've seen it all, right? We know we need it and we've seen it all. So for the disciples, when they begin to think of Jesus says that word authority. They, go, they have one of those moments. Have you ever watched a TV show where they go back to like a, like the, the dream sequence or they show what really happened, like a CSI or something, and they find the bullet, and then it goes back to really how the bullet kind of bounced up? No, okay. I don't know. Okay, so I have. Anyway, this is you have to understand, we've gone through Matthew this whole time. Matthew chapter 7. We see the first thing of Jesus' authority. It says, he, he spoke, that people were amazed because he spoke as one who had authority and not as the scribes and Pharisees. And then starting in Matthew chapter eight, uh, verse two, Jesus gets up, I think it was verse two. Now, verse nine. Uh, the centurion comes up to him and says, could you heal my slave, please? And he goes, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, let's head over there. And he goes, no, 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 no. All you have to do is say it. I'm one in authority. I know you have the authority. You know what Jesus says to that guy? There's nobody in all of Jerusalem that's got faith like this guy. Why? He understood the authority. So the disciples have gone through this. They've understood this, right? And then... um, uh, in Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verse uh, uh, in chapter Matthew chapter eight, verse twenty-seven, Jesus is out on the sea and he's asleep, and the storms raise and the, the waves go crazy, and Jesus gets up and the, finally they, the disciples say, "We're going to die," and he says, "Okay, everything's calm." And this is what they say to him: Who is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? See, when Jesus says authority, they know what he's talking about. Because right from there, still in Matthew chapter 28, they park their boat on a little uh, stretch of land, and there's a demon-possessed guy. And they watch the demon-possessed guy, they watch the demons interact with Jesus, and, and, they, and the, the demons finally say, put us into these swine. And Jesus says, go. There's a snap again, okay? See, Jesus says, go. They go into the swine, they're hurled off the... They know what he's talking about with authority. Then after that, he goes and, and he's teaching in a room. And when you read it, you realize it's filled with Pharisees and the people are outside. And a paralytic comes through the roof. You guys know that story? They drop a paralytic down. And Jesus says this to them. Oh, uh, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees go nuts. Because what? You're not, you don't have the authority to forgive sins. But here's what Jesus says. I think I put it up there but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, dot, 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 and he heals them. He heals the paralytic. Why? Because he says, I have authority over everything. See, when the disciple, when the when Jesus is resurrected from the dead, the blinds, everything begins to come off of the disciples. And they see him with this authority. And so then it goes on. And, and he says, because, so that you know that I have the authority to, to um, heal, I mean, to, to forgive sins, take up your mat and walk. And the people begin praising God, and here's what they say. He, um, when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God who had given such authority to men. Right? In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus sends out the disciples you know what he gave them? Authority to heal the sick and to, and to get rid of the demons. He gave them authority. In Matthew chapter 20, he taught on authority. He says, you know, the, the Gentile rulers, they lord it over, but not so with you. Don't lord it over. this. You're missing the idea of what I want to be authority. And then he says this. He says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. They're starting to get this idea, man, his kingdom has come and he has authority and it looks unlike anything we've ever seen. It doesn't look like a bad teacher or a bad cop or bad parents who have the authority, but they just, they're not good with it. And then in Matthew chapter 21, he's confronted by the Pharisees. And the Pharisees come to him and, and they say, we get, you know, this is getting towards the end of his life. And they go, you know, we got, a, we got a problem with you. You're doing all this stuff. By what authority do you do this stuff? Now, now listen, it's so amazing. They agreed it was all happening. They agreed that demons were being cast out, that people were being healed. But they wanted to know what authority he did it by. And Jesus said, I'll tell you what I'll do. You answer my question, I'll answer your question. And the Pharisees loved this game uh, because they knew all the scriptures. They knew everything. And he said, John the Baptist, was he from man or from uh, God? And they got together and, oh, uh, we don't know. Uh, We we don't know. We're not going to answer that. And he goes, oh, I'm not going to tell you what authority I I do it by. (laughs) Gotta love Jesus. Authority, 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 authority. Then he goes before Pilate, right? And Pilate's talking to him and asking him a bunch of questions. And, you know, and Jesus just remains silent. And finally, Pilate says to him, do you realize that I have the authority to either let you go or have you killed? And Jesus says, you don't have any authority except what was given to you. Jesus has all the authority. And in his final words to his disciples, he goes before them and he shows up on the mountain. And they begin to worship him, but some were still doubting. This is what we read uh, prior to this. And it says he comes close. God, the Bible is so awesome. Here's the picture. They're on this mountain, and there he is. Now, he's in his glorified body, which he can go through walls, and, but he can still eat fish. It's just trippy stuff when you read after he's resurrected. I don't understand it myself. It's just awesome. Jesus is just awesome. He's like a superhero, but from God, okay? And so he, he shows up, and they begin to worship him, but some are down. Now, you get the idea that Jesus is kind of far away now. And, and so they see him on the mountain. There he is. Some worship him. Some are like, well, I don't really know. And it says this in... Uh, Matthew 28. Yeah. Then the 11, uh, let's see. Yeah, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some were doubtful. And listen, then Jesus came to them. He comes right up to them. You get the idea that he was farther away, and now he comes up. And listen, guys, listen to me, please. Please. Some of you in this room, Jesus is coming right up to you. He, you're dealing with something that He's wanted you to deal with over and over again, and you've worshiped, but you're doubtful, and, you're th- and God wants to come right up to you and go, "Listen, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He go, "Well, OK. You know what's coming next. Therefore. We're going to talk about that next week. Therefore. He gives the disciples specific instructions, which I believe he gives to us as well. But listen to me. You might be worshiping Jesus from afar. You might be coming here on Sunday mornings and it feels good and whatever, but ultimately, ultimately, Jesus is going to come right up to you and he's going to say this. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? See, we, we've, seen, we've seen the bad cops who steal money from the drug dealers. We've seen movies like that. It happens in real life. We've seen the bad politicians Okay, who, who start on a platform of something and then through power-hungry you know, lobbyist groups and all, whatever, all that stuff. We, we've seen all that bad authority. We've seen parents who totally neglect their kids and we see the results of that. We've seen teachers who are just not worth their weight and salt. We, we've seen all of them, but here's the thing. We have the perfect authority in Christ Jesus the perfect king the perfect ruler the perfect teacher the perfect cop the perfect king the perfect parent our heavenly father we everything is perfected in Christ Jesus and he says i have all authority in heaven and earth so why don't we submit If it's for our own good, if he's got it all figured out, if he he knows, if he had a plan, if he came as a little baby and we had got a Christmas tree and all this kind of stuff, if if it was all part of his plan and and the disciples have gone through and we see that he can teach with authority, he can heal with authority, he can calm the winds, he can smack down the the Pharisees, he can um, forgive sins, he's got all this authority and it's perfect authority. Why won't you and I submit fully to his authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. He's it, the final say, the last judge. I want to I read a section of scripture. It's kind of a lot of scripture. So I don't, I've broken it down because we cannot miss this. It's in Colossians, okay, chapter one. Listen, it's talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. This plan of salvation, this plan of God's kingdom started before any of us were around, before any human was around. Okay? For by him, all things were created things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities listen listen all things were created by him and for him that's your king that's a pretty awesome king when jesus was born right and judea a ruler was going to be born we had no idea it was going to be this king that's that's pretty kingly okay next one number 17 he is before all things and in him all things hold together and he is the head of the body the church he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead now why why are you saying this truman hold on do not press that next button I, i will run down here and i will Why? why why all this Okay, he's the firstborn of all creation. He holds everything in his hand. All things were created through him, by him, and for him. This is our king. Listen, guys, if you miss this, you're going to miss it all. He goes on. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the perfect authority figure. The perfect authority figure. Baby Jesus grows up, dies, is uh, is crucified, raised from the dead for our sins. Why do we have this King Truman? So that in everything he might have the supremacy. It's not so that we can have better lives. It's not so that we can drive in the carpool lane of life uh, as Christians and everyone else can just wait their turn. It has nothing to do with that. It's God's glory. It's for the kingdom. And here's what He demands. Everything in our lives that He has supremacy. Everything. What you watch, how you spend your money, who you talk to. Now, Do I love my relationship with Jesus? Yes. Does it give me great benefit? Yes. But ultimately, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. Why? So that in everything, he might have the supremacy. Let me ask you a question. How how are you doing submitting to the king?